Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey, and welcome everyone to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. It's Saturday. I'm always good on the weekends. I know. Saturdays are (laughs) fabulous. Yeah, no structure for the most part. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, the rest of the week I'm kind of on a timetable. Saturday's (laughs) like, what am I going to do with my day? Well, and you've had crazy week too, right? Yeah, well, that's what happens when you've got a a family, a mixed family with six children Mm -hmm. in it. You know, and they, most of them are out of the house now, but they have a tendency to return. They flock back in in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. And they bring their appetites and their friends. Who also have appetites. Yes. Huge appetites. Especially the boys. Grocery bill is about triple (laughs) the normal. We go to Costco a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cooking all the time. I feel like I'm running the dishwasher at least once a day. I am running Mm -hmm. it once a day. Wow. Yeah. And then just, you know, I'm thinking paper plates. We might need to start using paper plates yeah. so I don't have to wash quite as many. Yeah. I love it, though. It's I, summer. You know, I, I don't mind a quiet house every now and then, but, you know, the pitter-patter of little, well, not so little anymore. <laughs> the pitter-patter, the thump-thump of, of big feet right. <laughs> around my house right. is a delightful thing. Right. So it's good to have them all around. How about you? Oh, it's been a crazy week, but, you know, it's it's all good. Mm-hmm. I started packing boxes. You're moving. And I'm thinking about, as, as I pack, it's like, okay... I'm only going to live in the apartment until the divorce is final, and then I'm going to buy something. Right. So I'm packing boxes that I have no intention of unpacking mm. in the apartment. Right. So that's the stuff that gets packed first. Yeah. And then the last pack is going to be the hardest. But I went shopping and did just window shopping. Not You know, it's, that's the old school word. Right. Um, I actually was using my phone and taking pictures of price tags of items that I'm going to need for my new place gotcha. and doing that kind of shopping. That so you were fun. using modern technology modern for technology your retail therapy. For my retail therapy, mm. yes. I was not actually spending any money. Right. I was just looking at it and figuring out how much well, I get to spend what, what I'm going to get. Yes. What we used to call window shopping really now is, uh, what, internet surfing Yeah, for all intents and purposes, sure. right? Yeah. We're just checking it out, making notes. And we don't get nearly as much exercise Mm-mm. or fresh air. No. But Speaking of exercise, have you heard about this new Pokemon Go game. I have. I've yes. got so many friends who are totally addicted to it already, oh, and it's like, yeah. where did that come from? I know. it's, it's Well, I think the, the premise behind it's pretty amazing, getting kids up away from the computer, out of the house, into the fresh air. Yeah. But I mean, my college-age kids, my working-age kids are playing this game. They'll tell me, oh, I found a, you know, I found Pikachu at the, uh, you know, under my desk <laughs> at their office, or, right. you know, out on the sidewalk in downtown Atlanta. Yep. So it's an interesting Interesting concept. Yeah. People are getting up early, like four o'clock in the morning to go scouting the, the town square in Douglasville because they were finding them out there. Right. And then they would go home and shower and go to work. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. So it's it was a good idea to get kids to play, but apparently it's quite the grown-up fun, too. I could see how it could be fun. Yeah. I'm thinking I might try it. I'm thinking it's, yeah. I'd be walking around with I my phone. I know walk. me. Well, I'm concerned kids are going to start walking into traffic or, you know, not. Right. You not see those attention. funny videos on YouTube of people that are walking and not paying attention and yes. they trip and fall. and you know, Into the fountain in the mall. Yes. Yes. Mm, that kind of thing. It, it yeah. could go very badly. It could go very Well, and also, apparently, people who are criminals are using the Pokemon Go app to figure out where people are going to be so that they can go. Uh, and So if you're playing this game, please be really careful. Right. Just know know your surroundings and pay attention to the people who are around you. Because there's, there's some always of them a party might, pooper. Yeah, some of them right? might be up to no good. Mm, good so, advice, Sandy. Have fun, be careful. <laughs> and have fun. Been, and speaking of what else has been going on this week, I have to tell you, my, my garden is generating 
you know, I, I feel a, a little primal with my garden. Okay. It's generating food. I go out there with my little basket. I feel like a little, you know, prairie woman out there. Okay. You know, cutting out my, you know, p- picking tomatoes for sure. Mm-hmm. We've got all kinds of them. And we had tomato sandwiches this week. We had, oh, another one thing, thing I've been loving doing is the corn. I'm into the corn lately. I've been roasting it in the oven. Now, are you growing corn? Well, I kind of rolled that into it. It, sound, oh, gotcha. it sounded like you're, I'm growing it, doesn't it? You're getting it at the farmer's market. I get market. that at the farmer's market. That, which is, there is no shame in that. Well, I don't have the, I don't have the acreage for corn. Yeah. It does, right? I was thinking, man, you have a big backyard. No, it's not that big. <laughs> now, the basil I'm definitely picking a lot of, yeah. and I've got more mint than I know what to do with it. I got, mm-hmm. I'm making mint tea coming out the ears. Yep. It's wonderful, Mojitos. though. Mojitos. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I've enjoyed that, uh, especially with the corn. I've been roasting it in the oven at about 400 degrees, maybe five or six ears. You know, take it out. I let it get good and charred before mm-hmm. I take it out of the oven. It's, it's roasted nice and a little crispy around the edges. Then I then I cut it, cut it right off with a good sharp knife. I cut it right off of the ear. And then I do all kinds of different things. Like one night this week, I did some chopped red pepper. I put a little dash of cream in there, a little butter, just kind of stirred it and let it reduce down a little bit. It was not a cream style corn, but it mm-hmm. just had a little bit of creaminess to it. Right. Another time I did a cold salad with my shucked corn, right? And I did like a white balsamic vinaigrette. And oh, um, and some good. chopped onion. Oh, and I I put in uh, about probably about a half a cup of crumbled feta cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, was that delicious! I need to come and just move in with you. Really, you, what, seriously. Why am I moving to an apartment every day? What was I thinking? You don't know what to expect. I want you to come. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what to expect at my house, though. It's like that. Uh, what was her name? Cheryl Crow. That song. Every day is a winding road. Yes, that's what's like in my kitchen. Gotcha. You don't know. I don't know where I'm headed. Yep. It's a little crazy. It's not a bad problem. Mm-mm. No, it drives people, though, that it, it used to drive my mother nuts because mm-hmm. she cooked from recipes. Mm-hmm. The book was laid open on her counter and she followed it exactly. Right. You know, I am grabbing stuff left and right, throwing things together. It used to just frustrate her because well, she's got that creativity gene going. I don't know. It's something. That's, yeah. a, that's a nice spin on it. No, that's creative. Cooking. You could just say I got a lot of kangaroos jumping in my head. And that's OK, went, too. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think the creativity comes from? Yeah. It falls out of their little pockets. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what else I did this week? What? I have this theory on 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 chick flicks. OK. Yes. And, and I know that you like movies like I do. I We've love talked movies. about that. Um, and and the thing is, I I've been a good wife since I've been married to my dear husband Earl, and I've I've been going to movies that he enjoys. You know, so we've been to Avengers movies, okay, right? Uh-huh. We've been to um, you know, anything that have to do with space or um, superheroes of any kind. You know, the the Marvel comics, gotcha. all of that. Been to that, the uh, the Fantastic Four, things like that, right? Um, and but I've been telling him that you know, there's all kinds of good movies that are sort of shall we say, in the female genre. Depends on how you look at it. And right? how does he feel about going to those? He keeps telling me he has no problem with it whatsoever. Okay. But I, I figured the ultimate sort of determination as to whether or not he was truly enjoying these was whether or not he stayed awake through the entire movie. Okay. You got it? Yeah. So I said, uh, this week, I said, okay, I've got one for you. I think you're going to like it. And it's one, I think we've even mentioned the movie here. I know we play some of the music. It's it's complicated. Yes. With Meryl Streep and oh, yeah. Steve Martin. Such a good movie. Right? Yeah. And Alec Baldwin, hilarious. And I said, I think you're going to love this. He loved it. Oh, he, he, yeah, he stayed awake through the whole thing. I kept leaning nice. over and checking his eyes. They uh-huh. were, he was wide awake. He was, <laughs> he was laughing and giggling. I said, there is an 
inner female in you somewhere. Yeah. You know, he's coming in touch with his softer side. And so is Josh, because listen to the music he's got playing I know, for isn't us. that wonderful? Oh, this, yep. is, this is from the, from the mm-hmm. movie. I absolutely love it. So, But anyway, so that was kind of a neat thing. I thought I, I appreciated the fact that he was willing to, um, you, you know, watch something that maybe he would not normally have chosen. Right. You know, this is a nice thing we do. And we're sweet. For, for our loved other. ones. Yes. Think about it. I, well, I think about this. How many Disney movies did I sit through over the years? Right. Well, you know, that comes with the territory of having kids. Yeah. Well, you're watching the movies and it was constantly, you know, I would worry about, is there going to be something in this movie that's going to upset them? Mm-hmm. Do you know that for the first five years after The Lion King came out and we only watched that movie a thousand times. Do you know my? It was probably five years before my daughter realized that Mufasa actually died in the movie. Really? Because guess what I did? Fast forward? I did. I would fast forward <laughs> through the movie, right, through the death scene of poor Mufasa being thrown into the right, right the herd of wildebeest by uh-huh. his brother Scar. Mm-hmm. And you know, my daughter told me later on, she goes, I always wondered, what, where did he go? <laughs> Next thing I know, he was talking to Simba in the clouds. <laughs> Jeez. I know. I know. I sheltered him too much. Uh, well, you did what you thought you needed to do. They turned their out mom. just fine. And they turned out just I'm fine. I'm sure they have. But my point there being is that we sit through a lot of things and do a lot of things for those that we love. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And anyway, so how about you, Sandy? What are your favorite movies? You like? I know you like the chick flicks. Oh, my gosh. My very favorite movie of all time is Never Cry Wolf. Which is one of those movies that if you saw it in the movie theater on the big screen, and I saw it in a DuPont Circle movie theater, which is an old 20s-style movie theater in Washington, D.C., had the huge screen. Way before IMAX, the screen was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. Wow. And Never Cry Wolf is just majestic. It's set in Alaska, and they shot it out of airplanes. Really? All the big, yeah. Okay. Look, so look it up. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't, I haven't seen okay. it. It's okay. Many people haven't. Mm. It's a fabulous movie. Really? And it stars wolves. So, of course, you know I'm going to be all you, over that one. You and you, yes. That's and so your, that is your thing. your favorite movie? <laughs> we want to hear from you. Radio at southernsistershome.com. And we'll be back in a few minutes. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy Weaver-Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to the21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I don't have a care in the world. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. I am your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart, in the studio with my co-host, Sandy Weaver. It is tomatoes and tomatoes, I'm guessing, on this segment from that music behind us. You know what I always say, Sandy? You say tomato, (laughs) I say Bloody Mary. 
Okay. No, I'm kidding. I say gazpacho. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Ooh, we are definitely going to oh. talk about gazpacho today. Yeah, good. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know and say, oh, that's just a cold soup. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. It is so much more than that. It is heaven mm. in a spoon. Isn't it? Yeah. When it's made right. All about summer, too. When it's yep. made right. When and we're it's gonna, made right. We're gonna, folks, we're going to tell you the right way to make it. And all the recipes we talk about today are going to be available on our website, southernsistershome.com. Perfect. All you have to do is check on the blog. We post all of our recipes every week and any other pertinent and important, you know, important information that you need to know. So what I have to tell you guys, and you know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. If summer had a flavor, it would likely be that of a juicy tomato, right? Warm from the sun, just picked from your garden. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I can now say that. Yep. That is a big deal for me that I harvested my first tomato out of my garden this week. Mm-hmm. I, I relished it for every wonderful, possible, you know, fantastic attribute that it could have. The look, the smell, the taste, the temperature. It was wonderful. It was it was just an out-of-body experience. I've been waiting. I've, I've tended those tomatoes all summer long. So I, I was definitely, uh, you know, enjoying the fruits of my labor. But I'm bummed. <laughs> but I'm bummed. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's those tomatoes, uh, when I'm not growing them, it's the reason that I often return to the farmer's market with far more tomatoes than my family could possibly eat in a week. Um, and there's so many different ways to showcase the flavor of summer tomatoes. Yes. Let me count the ways, right? Okay. Since we were talking about picking them from the garden, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I did exactly what Ludlow Porch said to do. Now, for those of you that don't know who Ludlow Porch was, he was a wonderful Southern commentator, Southern humorist uh, here in the South for many years, had a radio program that I used to listen to. And I I remember the first time that I heard Ludlow Porch on the radio describing the proper way to eat a tomato sandwich. Now, he said the tomato should preferably be warm from the garden. Only white bread must be used as well as real mayonnaise and a sprinkling of salt. He described the importance of leaning over the kitchen sink while eating it because the juices will inevitably run down your cheeks. And according to Ludlow, eating a tomato sandwich this way is an experience that is blissfully Southern. I, I wholeheartedly agree, Sandy. I don't I know do about too. you. Yeah, and it, the leaning over the sink part is very important because by the time you get about halfway through the sandwich, mm-hmm. the bread because you're using white bread, right. is going to be so gushy and yes. wet from the juice of the tomato that it's going to start falling off, too. Mm. So you got to eat fast. Soaks it if up. If you want to eat all of it, eat fast. Eat it fast. Yes. Right. Yeah, don't worry don't about manners. Don't savor. Make Just another one. Shove it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I made mine on that little white pepperidge farm bread. That's so small. Yes, that's you tiny. Know, I, I made one. I said, oh, that's you know, that's so tiny. I, I definitely should have two of those. I think you should. Maybe three. <laughs> Maybe three. So probably if I had to rank the uh, the ways to eat a tomato in order of, of most desirable for me, that tomato sandwich is probably going to be at the top of the list. Oh, mine's a BLT. Oh, Right. I love BLTs. Well, everything's better with bacon. That's exactly That's right. my motto. <laughs> now, I can, we can move on, though, and tell you another way. Okay. I, another dish I love to showcase tomatoes with in the South is, or in the summertime is uh, it's a dish, that actually, that was uh, sort of invented, I guess, or developed by my aunt, my sweet aunt, uh, Nita Jones of Auburndale, Florida. She created this wonderful tomato recipe, and just about any variety of a firm tomato will work well. Um, I love using the colorful heirloom tomatoes when they're in seed. Season. Um, you serve it piping hot. They're infused with flavor. Um, you don't need much. Three to four large firm tomatoes sliced thick, a tablespoon of butter. What you're going to do is you're going to melt the butter in a large skillet over medium heat. You're going to add the tomatoes in a single layer and cook them for about five minutes. While the tomatoes are cooking, you're going to whisk together this wonderful little dressing. Just whisk it together in a small bowl. 
two tablespoons of olive oil, one tablespoon of vinegar. You can use red wine or balsamic or cider vinegar if you prefer. One teaspoon of sugar, a half a teaspoon of salt, two cloves of minced garlic, and two tablespoons of chopped parsley. So if you've got some of that in the garden. And quite frankly, don't don't stop there. You know, if you have some cilantro, grab a handful of that, too, and throw that in. Or some of that basil. Yum. That you're tired of making pesto out of? Oh, yeah. Basil yeah. and tomatoes just love each other. Don't they? Yeah. It, they just, they're like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. Or, exactly. Or uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Match made no, in heaven. not Bonnie and Clyde. No. No. Much nicer than them. <laughs> <laughs> so while the tomatoes are cooking, you're going to whisk that ingredients, those, those ingredients together, the, the marinade or the dressing, and you're going to turn the tomatoes once and pour the dressing all over them and just let them simmer for an additional five minutes. Wow. Hot infused with flavor. You, I eat them by themselves, right? You can mm-hmm. also s- just just plop them on top of a slice of French bread. I actually will sometimes serve this with roasted chicken. You kind of put the tomatoes around or on top of that roasted chicken. Mm-hmm. Heaven. I'm thinking if you have a really good hamburger, yeah, put a, one of the tomato slices on top of your hamburger. Right. It's Yum. already marinated. It's infused with flavor. You don't it's, need the mustard or the mayonnaise. No. Well, maybe some mayonnaise. Well, maybe a little bit. Just a little bit. Just yeah. to wet the bun. Give me some Dukes. Give mm-hmm. you some. What are you again? Blue plate? Blue plate. That's right. Yep. Yeah, we figured that out the first week. Yummy stuff. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. That sounds really good. It's wonderful. So you've got uh, tomato sandwiches, my my skillet tomatoes. But, you know, we are really going to kind of showcase this week um, one of my favorite ways to use tomatoes, especially if you've got a lot of them, need to use them up. Yep. Um, and that's summer gazpacho. Summer gazpacho is amazing. Mm. I'm not even sure what the word means. Well, it means delicious. Heaven in a spoon. There you are. That's my translation. It may not be the correct (laughs) translation, but it definitely is my translation. Well, you know, if you told me that one day when I was young, if you said, you know, one day you're going to really love a cold, raw vegetable soup, I would have said, there's no way. No. Hello. Ick. Ooey. No. Oh, but you know, on a hot summer day, we got the mercury going going north of what ninety five this week here in the south. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's you don't really want to heat up the kitchen too much. So this is a wonderful, just nice, fresh summer uh, alternative to heating up the kitchen. Right. Right. Okay. So what you want to do here is you want to start with fresh summer vegetables. It's the fresher the better, especially the tomatoes. You need about one large cucumber. Now, what you're going to do with that cucumber is slice it in half lengthwise, and you can just use a spoon to. Sort of scoop, scoop out those the little seeds. seeds out. Yes. yes, exactly. Just scoop them on out. You want two medium red bell peppers, and you're going to remove the seeds on those also. About four plum tomatoes. Now, I'm not growing plums in my in my garden right mm-hmm. now, so I'm just going to pull. I'd pull probably two good sized beefsteak tomatoes right. out of my garden. What you're looking for is the meatiness there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then uh, one medium red onion, or as my children used to call them, those purple onions. <laughs> those purple onions. That's what you want. Now you're going to take your vegetables and you want to do just a rough cut. You just kind of chop them up into one inch cubes. And uh, you're going to place them in a food processor, okay, and pulse them until the vegetables are coarsely chopped. You don't want to over-process them, okay? You don't want mush. No, you want some chunkiness there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of chop it up till it's good and coarse. Just pulse it until you get just about the right consistency. You might need to stick your spatula down in there and kind of move it around a little bit so it's consistent, right? Then what you want to do is you want to transfer all of this to a large bowl, and you're going to add three minced garlic cloves. Three cups of tomato juice. Now, you can use the spicy variety if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you can use regular tomato juice. Some people like V8, yeah. which, which also makes a spicy variety. Right. Just depends on how spicy you like it, Sandy, right. what you want to do there. Right. 
one fourth of a cup of white wine vinegar. Mm-hmm. You can also use you can use red wine vinegar. I like the white wine vinegar. I just think it's a little brighter, right? A little more summery, and it won't stain your cucumbers. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And uh, about a fourth of a cup of olive oil. Use a good co- good quality olive oil because we're not cooking it here. You know, right. so you want to make you're going to taste that. About one tablespoon of sugar, not too much. A half a teaspoon of salt or a little bit more to taste, and a teaspoon of black pepper. Now, if you're driving, folks, and you can't write all this down, don't worry. Like I said, it's on the website. Right. You're going to mix everything well together, and you're going to chill it. Now, the longer that you chill it, the better. Um, because, you know, like anything, typically, flavors meld, right? They get it's like, it's like when you get married. You don't know each other real well at first, but you get to know each other much better the longer you're together. Exactly. You like that? Exactly. That was a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, if you're if you're like some people and you just really don't want to chop things up and you don't want to just, it sounds really good, but mm-hmm. you don't want to just go to all that work, which mm-hmm. is really not a lot of work to make gazpacho. It's not. There is, if you're in the Atlanta area, there's a restaurant that makes wonderful gazpacho. Ah. It's called Brooklyn Cafe in Sandy Springs. Mm. And only in the summertime, they locally source the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. If it's on the menu when you go in there, yay, you are in heaven. And if it's not on the menu, ask anyway, because they might have some. They'd probably whip it up for you, Sandy. Mm, I don't think probably I'd a good customer. Refer back to what you said about making it a little ahead of time <laughs> and letting it marry. I think they let it sit a little while. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think if they've got it. They'll serve it. It may or may not be yeah. on the menu, but I want to. I want to try it there. That it's sounds yummy. amazing. Yeah. It's, it's not uncommon to see a gazpacho featured, you know, uh, mm-hmm. certainly in the summertime, especially with the the abundance of sort of those wonderful farm to table restaurants right. that we have these days. Yes. you'll definitely see that. Now, let me give you a couple of uh, sort of presentation ideas because okay. you know I'm all about the presentation. I would serve it maybe in a shallow bowl, so you have more surface area, so you can put pretty things on top. You could also, for fun. You could put it in a margarita glass. Oh, Imagine yeah. how pretty that would be. Yes, right? that's very pretty. Now, for serving suggestions, I love to do like a toasted garlic bread alongside it. You could also do cooked chilled shrimp. Mm-hmm. Just plop some of those right on top. Or uh, or chilled crab meat. Chilled mm-hmm. cooked crab meat would be amazing. Um, a little chopped cilantro, maybe, right? Yeah. Um, how about some sliced avocado? Starving. Yes. A dollop of sour cream. Uh-huh. Maybe even a lemon wedge. You, know, yep. you can kind of squeeze a little lemon juice on there. kind of brightens everything up. Mm-hmm. Hello. Are we going to lunch now? We need to. Yeah, we do. Every week we do this to ourselves. <laughs> My mouth is watering right now just thinking about it. You know, there's probably nothing better than, than life in the South and summer tomatoes just... You know, it just makes life better. The bounty from the garden is phenomenal. If you're growing tomatoes, tell us what you like to do with your tomatoes. Mm. Radio at southernsistershome.com. And we'll be right back. We've got a crazy segment for you is what we've got coming up. Lots of craziness in this one. <laughs> you know, uh, Sandy, I I love getting, you know, recipes online, mm-hmm. right? Um, I write cookbooks, so believe me, I'm a big fan of cookbooks. I collect them at my house, as do a lot of Southern women. Yep. But my teenage daughters, well, I shouldn't say teenagers anymore. They're 19, 21, and 23. They all... Um, you know, they cook off of Pinterest these days. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people do. They do. They, they Their first inclination is to head towards the computer to look for new recipes and new ideas. And, you know, and I do the same. I find inspiration sometimes online, especially when I'm fooling around in the kitchen with something I'm not maybe real familiar with. And I'll kind of go online and do a little research when I'm, you know, playing in right. the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. But I have to tell you, of all those recipes that are out there online, let's just say they're not all created equal. 
Yes. Okay. And in what way do you mean that? <laughs> what I mean is some I like, some I don't. Well, yeah. All right. So I'm going to take 30 seconds to give you a big fat gripe right now. Because for those of you that know me at all or follow my, my website or follow my blog, you know that I'm a big fan of Garden and Gun Magazine. Always mm-hmm. have been, right? Mm-hmm. I take exception to one of their recent recipes. Uh-oh. They posted a recipe for a chicken biscuit. Okay. Now, it was an awesome looking chicken biscuit. If you could tell by the photograph, it was. It looked amazing. looked like it had a glaze on it. The food stylist had done a fabulous job. She'd done her work, right? She turned her, she turned her paycheck that day. There were 42 ingredients in that no. recipe. It dirtied more dishes than my Thanksgiving dinner. Wow. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't happy. I'm reading through it and I'm thinking to myself, this epitomizes, this, this encapsulates what I don't like about some online magazines or some online media sources that post recipes for home cooks. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a mom. I've got kids at home. I'm getting dinner on the table. I, I, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that not all recipes have to be so complicated. And, and shouldn't be. They shouldn't I be. I mean, how can you get 42 ingredients for biscuits? Oh, they did. With chicken. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did. Craziness. Because there's a million of them in the dredge for the chicken. There were tons of them in the sauce. Yeah. You know, everything. The biscuits were from scratch. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah it blah. went on and on. I'm not making it. Anyway, no. it was one of the few times I actually, you know, start, I typed a snarky little comment in there. Oh, you commented? I don't usually do that. Okay. I'm a silent observer online for the okay. most part. but yeah. I, I just was like, there's no way I am making a 42 ingredient chicken biscuit. <laughs> so the problem I think we run into is a lot of these media sources hiring restaurant chefs to take their restaurant recipes and try to sell them to the home cook. Right. And it doesn't translate. Not always. No. At least. Right. No. Um, as a home cook, I do not have a sous chef. Do you have I one? I don't have a sous chef. Joey, do you have a sous chef? Joey doesn't have one either. Okay. okay? See, it- Three people in this room, zero sous chefs gotcha. on staff for us. And yeah. when my kids aren't around, I'm buying, I'm chopping, I'm cleaning. Mm-hmm. You know those little stickers on the fruits and vegetables? Yep. Yeah, I'm pulling those off myself, yeah. right? Know, would you be, there are people who eat those. No. Yes. What? Yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact, I will not mention the grocery store chain, but it's a very expensive and quite exclusive grocery store chain. I went to their salad bar and was getting some bell peppers, and one slice of my bell pepper had the sticker on it. No, it did not. It did. They didn't even bother to pull off the sticker. No. no. So I will never eat from their salad bar again. Well, you never. know what? Next thing we know, we're going to start seeing recipes, right, for the stickers. <laughs> right? Somebody's going to come up with some way to marinate those silly things so that we can um, so that we can eat them. Isn't that hilarious? But anyway, so I, yeah, I don't have a sous chef. I don't have a dishwasher at home either. So um, I'm doing it all myself. I need simple recipes. Don't now make wait, it harder than it wait. Don't ma- you have one of those that's electric though that I you mean, stack your dishes. Yeah. You don't have a person. To I don't wash have your a person there. Yeah, I don't either. Right? I don't, I don't have somebody either. there. Yeah, I, I have, just got the feel electric. Really sad for you if you didn't have it. No, I got it. I got the electric one. Okay, good. You know, but I don't have labor in my kitchen. Shall we say? Like these restaurant chefs do. That's just something right. they need. That's a little personal pet peeve mm-hmm. of Jenny McCormick Earhart. Yep. You know, make it real. Make Come it on, real. put a recipe that I'm going to go home and make for my family. Okay, without no, no trashing f- the entire house Thank and you. everything in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? With the with the uh, sort of prevalence of online recipes, many of these online sites also have a, a place for you to leave a comment about the recipe. Yes. Maybe you tried it and you want to leave some feedback. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you were telling me earlier that you like to read those. I do. Comments. I've never commented, but when I come across a recipe that sounds interesting, I read the comments to see what whether people had success with the recipe or not before mm. I decide I'm going to try it. I got gotcha. you. And a lot of times you'll you'll see somebody will write it tasted like it needed more salt to me. Yes. And then the next one down will say, yeah, did you notice there's no salt in the recipe? I think they just forgot that. Ah. And then you'll go back and look and there was salt in the recipe. Well, you know that they edited the recipe to they fix it. They fixed it later. So don't add more salt. I gotcha. Yeah.
Well, interestingly, uh, <laughs> the New Yorker magazine put together a a list of some of the funnier, shall we say, okay. responses to online recipes. Okay. So this is where you go back and you leave a comment. You give feedback on a recipe that maybe you tried. Mm-hmm. Okay. An online recipe. Um, I'll let you guys decide whether you think they're serious or not. Okay. Okay. I love them. All right. So here's the first one. This is the comment that was left about a particular chicken recipe. I made this tonight because of all the great reviews. The potatoes were okay, I guess, but the chicken was dry and bland. My husband wouldn't even touch it. My son took one bite and then spit it right back out. My 14-year-old daughter just pushed the food around her plate with that holier-than-thou look on her face because clearly she is the Queen of England. In retrospect, <laughs> in retrospect, maybe I should have marinated the chicken a little longer. Maybe I should also have traveled more when I was younger. I don't know. I should have tried more things. I think I just don't know. Okay, so dot 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 dot. She yeah. just, she ends that review just pontificating about her life and the different choices that she should have made. I don't think that was about the recipe at all. No, a lot of these actually. Yeah. Well, they are and they aren't. Right. But I think that's what makes them so funny. Listen to this one. So this reviewer, shall we say? Okay, this reviewer said this about this recipe. I would give this a hundred stars if I could. Perhaps a bit too much lemon though. Going to make it again, but this time I'm going to add some bacon. That's right, you weirdos. Bacon. And if it's too tart, you know what I'm going to do? I'll add a bit of fresh local maple syrup. M- maple syrup. Blah, ha, ha. Insanity. And if it's too bacony, well, then what the heck? I'm going to wash it all down with a bottle of Jack Daniels. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I wouldn't do that. Then again, I might. I'm kidding. I'd never do that. Hmm. Or would I? <laughs> There's a problem with that review. Oh, right. These people are crazy. Too bacony? How can you get too no, bacony? No, you can't Seriously? get too bacony. No, no not at all. Here's another one. So this reviewer says, The recipe claims to serve six to eight, but I live alone in a studio apartment with only a mini fridge, so leftovers aren't an option. And every time I try to reduce the size of a recipe, it just doesn't come out right. Don't get me wrong, Ina Garten. I'm completely fine with being a 49-year-old assistant funeral director who has only ever purchased twin sheets. Totally fine. But why don't you try (laughs) dividing one-fourth teaspoon of fleur de sil by eight? Do you think I just happened to own an electron microscope? Let me check. Nope. So this time, I just decided to make the whole recipe. I set the table for six with placemats and candles and everything. Then I dressed my ferrets up as famous authors. You know, Marce- <laughs> Marcel Proust, Sylvia Plath, etc. And let them eat at the table. We had a very nice evening, but next time I might add a packet of onion soup mix. Oh, not to an Ina <laughs> Garden recipe. <laughs> Aren't these crazy? Yeah. I love these. That's funny. Okay, so here's another one. I was certain that this was going to be a recipe for a one-night's-only, no-holds-barred flavor extravaganza. And for a while, the lemons were performing beautifully. And the rosemary shone a spotlight on the chicken, the real star of the show. But then the broccoli forgot a few of its lines and tried to improvise, which was sort of hilarious and pathetic at the same time. That completely threw off the mushrooms, who panicked and started in on an acapella version of Uptown Girl, while the potatoes just stood there like weirdos. Then the chicken gave everyone the finger and walked off. To be honest, not my favorite recipe. However, the other patients in the ward didn't seem to have a problem with it. <laughs> there is some serious creativity in some of these. I'm wondering if this is a whole thing now. Yeah, it must be. Right? Yeah. Because you know they have to, don't they have to approve these comments before they're posted? I don't know. I reviewed some Levi's commented. jeans one, t- one yeah. time because they were so fantastic. Yeah. I reviewed some jeans and uh, it's the only time I've ever done that in my life and they had to approve it. Okay. And I made the cut. Was so. that on the Levi's site? It was anonymous. It was oh, okay. G, G from Georgia. That was gotcha. me. G from Georgia. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love my. Okay, here we go again. Listen to this. My family absolutely loved this dish. Thank you, Food Network. I'll confess, though, I did sprinkle about half a gram of Valium, Valium in with the potato and mushroom mixture. We'll definitely mm. be making this again. It's been a stressful week. <laughs> bad. Okay, and the last one I've got here. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here we go. Review of recipe, online recipe. Very tasty indeed. Followed the instructions to a T, and it came out great. The meat was juicy and crispy. And please help me. I'm being held in a basement somewhere. I think I'm near an airport because I hear planes <laughs> taking off and landing. There may be two, maybe three men. I think one's name is Dagger. It's very dark. I'm so cold. I hear footsteps. The door is being unlocked. Oh, no. Someone is gonna go. Someone's coming. Got to go. But real quick, you could easily substitute Brussels sprouts for the potatoes and cut the butter by half if you wanted a healthier version. <laughs> oh, man. I love the New Yorker. Yes. They come up with some of the most amazing things to Don't put in their they? covers. They yes. really do. Yeah. I got to start getting way more creative with my, you know, with my recipe reviews. And you know, a lot of people are this way. A lot of times they won't post a comment unless they're unhappy. Right. Do you, do you think that's I mean, for the yeah. most part, I've happy seen a lot of unhappy know. ones, yes. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, it's not uncommon to get critiques. Every now and then I'll get a comment from somebody mm-hmm. from something from my book. It's never been a problem. I mean, I get, you know, but they'll they'll say, "Have you considered this or that?" Right. You know. I'm like, "Okay." You know, sometimes the advice is good. And there's there's plenty of creativity to go around. Right. Play with recipes. If you want to be creative, play with them. It's okay. I've always referred to recipes as guidelines. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, that's it, good advice, folks. Try a recipe the way it's written the first time, and then after that... Play with it. Yeah, absolutely. Just play with do it. Do your own thing. Exactly. Mm, so what's it. your favorite recipe? We would love to know. And how do you play with it, too? Yeah. Email us at radio at southernsistershome.com. We'll be right back. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy weaver Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to the21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I don't have a care in the world. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. Such a good movie. I love that. Yep. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program, the show for Southern women and the men who adore us. That's right. right Sandy? Steel Magnolias. What a great movie. Classic, iconic mm-hmm. Southern movie. Yeah. You know? And, you know, Joey was just telling me he's seen it 10 or 12 times. At, at least. About that. Yeah. <laughs> and cried every time. Right? If you've seen the movie, you know a lot of the quotes. Mm-hmm. If you've seen it once and you loved it, you've probably seen it 10 times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And some of those quotes are just sort of so memorable. The characters are so full and rich and just so well-developed. I just, I love it. It's like a story you could walk into. Yeah. Story, not store. Story. It's like a story you could mm-hmm. walk into. Mm-hmm. It feels like you could just 
join the characters and just be part of their lives. Right. I love that part. I of have it. to tell you, you know, you know this. Um, I was married to my husband on New Year's Day of mm-hmm. this year, yeah. 2016, and uh, we had a ble- bleeding armadillo groom's cake. No. Oh, yes, we did. Oh. Oh, yes. If you've seen the movie, folks, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. We had a lovely traditional bride's cake, and then we had this big old honking, nasty-looking armadillo <laughs> covered in gray icing, filled with red velvet cake, and uh-huh. yes, we hacked into that thing with a knife and served him up, and it was fabulous. <laughs> he looked a little better than he tasted. Yeah. Just saying much. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. But for those of you that, that have seen the movie, you know, of course, that that is a nod to that wonderful scene in the movie when uh, when Shelby is getting married and uh, their sweet cousin makes a, a bleeding armadillo groom's cake. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, we're going to go over some quotes, shall we say, okay. top, top quotes from the movie, because right. there are so many to choose from. Right. Right. And all of them sort of reflective of the, the style of the different characters. One of my favorite characters is Sally Field's character. Yes. Right. Yeah. Her character is Malin. She has a line where she says, if he's trying to drive me crazy, it's too late. <laughs> kind of reminds me of my... Reminds me of me. Yeah, yeah. reminds me of Lee. I see a lot of myself in a lot of these different characters, yes. um, you know, and yeah. I think a lot of Southern women do, yeah. right, yeah. for the most part. But now Truvy, you recall Truvy. Truvy. Now she was played by Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. of course, and she owned Truvy's, which was the beauty salon, mm-hmm. right? Beauty and parlor. She, Thank you. Beauty Parlor. Beauty Parlor. Yes. She owned the Beauty Parlor. And uh, that was kind of where the women in the movie, un, you know, very l- much like real life, tended to congregate. Right. That's where they talked about life. That's where they talked about love. Right. That's where they talked about each other. Yeah. yeah. Good and bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think personally, I think Dolly's got some of the best quotes in the whole movie. She's got oh, quite yeah. a few here. I'm going to share and see if you remember these. She said, um, referring to women who dye their hair, which is probably everybody in this room. Except for Joey. I don't know. <laughs> but she said, I can usually spot a bottle job at 20 paces. <laughs> she Very true. And she also said, how about this one? She says, it, it takes some effort to look like this. Yeah. <laughs> And she has said that in real life. She has. About herself. Yeah. It was, it was probably not much of a departure from her. No. Real self. No. Right? She, does, she does her very best acting when she's mm-hmm. really close to the. Close to her real life. This is right. And yeah. even in the movie, right? She doesn't go out without full hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Probably not even to the grocery store. Right. Right? Yeah. So, yes, I love that one, too. And she then said, another one of her great quotes, is she says, I don't trust anybody that does their own hair. I don't think it's normal. <laughs> Spoken like a true beauty parlor she, owner. She would hate me. I've been known to, to you know. When I need a little well, clip here, there. You got to do what it's, you got to do. It's terrible. Every yeah. now and then, if the bangs get too long or something, I just and I'm take such a, a chicken. I'm really? So with my own hair. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Either that or maybe my Aunt Estelle just really beat that into me. Aunt Estelle. She owned a beauty parlor. She owned a beauty parlor. <laughs> In Mangum, Oklahoma. What was it yeah. called? Do you remember? Estelle's. Oh, it was Estelle's? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we've heard we've heard some of the beauty parlor stories. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> classic. Okay, what else did Truvy say? I love this one. She said, "I haven't left the house without lycra on these thighs since I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> Got to hold it all together somehow. Yeah, good Southern woman knows the value of her spanks, right? Right. <laughs> Let's see what else she said. She said, "The nicest thing I can say about her is all of her tattoos are spelled correctly." <laughs> Do you remember that one? <laughs> that is digging really deep to come Isn't up with that, a compliment. I yes. know. And that I is know. very Southern woman-ish. Well, and, you know, her character in the movie, despite that she, she's making some of these kind of snarky comments, her mm-hmm. delivery is so 
sweet, sweet. right? Yes. You can't be mad at her. No. She doesn't seem, you know, snobby at all. Nope. It's just... She's a sweet Southern woman. Bless her heart. Bless her heart. (laughs) Bless her heart. And how about this one? She says, honey, she says, time marches on and eventually you realize it's marching across your face. Oh, no. I resemble that (laughs) remark. (laughs) Well, she was the beauty queen in that movie. I just loved, loved her, loved her. Okay. How about Weezer? Now, oh, yeah. Weezer was uh, Shirley MacLaine's character. I got to go watch this movie again. You're making me want to go see it again. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. The funny thing is, if you haven't seen it in a while and you go back and watch it again, you're going to pick up so many new things right. that you probably missed the first time. Right, or have forgotten. Well, that's why I always say there's, um, you know, if you've got a movie that you really like, you can watch it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, we're cycling through Game of Thrones now for the second or third time. And, uh, well, first of all, that's so hard to follow anyway, right. all the characters and whatnot. So, anyway, so we're going to um, tell you what sh- what Weezer had to say. How about this one? Ugh, leave me alone. <laughs> so her. She also said, don't try to get on my good side. I no longer have one. <laughs> Followed up by, I'm not crazy. I've just been in a very bad mood for 40 years. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I love it. Folks, if you have some favorite Southern lines or movies, uh, you know, that your iconic Southern movies and lines that you love from those, send us your suggestions. Maybe we'll mention them on the air. Shoot us an email at radio at southernsistershome.com. Hey, folks, this is what I call our Southern narrative segment. I think you're going to enjoy it. I've been fascinated lately with a project uh, put on by one of my favorite websites, The Bitter Southerner. Uh, They have a folklore project where they take submissions of Southern stories from folks all over the South, uh, and they publish one a week. That's all. Um, And they're just beautiful. They really are. Uh, This week, um, a particular submission was called On the Subject of Southern Food. This was submitted by Gina Maloney, and she has quite a way of describing uh, her thoughts and feelings about being raised on Southern food. Here's what she has to say. In the South, you spent most of your days surrounded by three things, food, football, and God. More often than not, you couldn't have one without the other two. Growing up in the South was easy. Spending hot, humid summers stretched out in the sun, a glass of cold, sweet tea never too far out of reach, a choir of cicadas droning their lethargic melody into the far reaches of October. Winter comes, snapping in like a crack of a whip, taking its duty for the first few months that it can, reminding us all how we much we crave the warmth of sunlight. And while the seasons may change, the people of the South do not. Their little routines continue on like the song of those cicadas that to this day have the power to sing me to sleep. Sundays were spent in church and then around the dinner table. Most other denominations in our town got out a full half hour earlier than we did, all in order to beat the Baptist to the restaurants and grocers. What can I say? We took filling ourselves on the Holy Spirit seriously. We found him in Miss Ida's fried chicken, which according to all accounts was slap your mama good. He also dwelled within every homemade pie, casserole, and quiche that was made with the loving hands of the ladies within our church. There was hardly a week where we didn't join in fellowship around a friend's table and partake of someone's secret family recipes. My mother, a cook in her own right, would make a peach cobbler that was worth fighting over. It didn't matter how much she cooked, her dishes were always scraped clean, leaving you feeling left out if you didn't get to have your share of her mouth-watering dessert. The rest of the children and I would drool over almost every item on the dessert table. The one exception was a weird dish that I never knew the name of, It consisted of green jello, 
cottage cheese, and something that resembled fruit. To me, it always looked like someone's leftovers that had been lost in the back of the refrigerator since the mid-80s and were beginning to evolve. No, we left that to the elders of the church, who seemed to gum it down with the same solemnity as they did the rest of their meal. Maybe we should have felt bad about it, but we didn't. Once I grew older, past the point where anything seemed easy, it was hard to find time to enjoy those things that had shaped my childhood. I didn't have time to go to church dinners and avoid green, wiggly desserts. Fruit, Food, for all intents and purposes, became utilitarian, a means to an end, as mechanical as filling up your car in order to go further down the road. And while God and football still seemed to greet me at every corner, I was only able to muster a passing wave as I went by on about my day. Now, as I approach the cusp of 30, I have begun to feel a great sense of nostalgia towards those younger days. The shift that occurs in a person between their early and late 20s is far greater than anyone had ever warned me. It is hard for me to clearly note the specific changes that have occurred in me over the last few years, except to say that much has been gained. Much has also been lost as well. Storms have been weathered as much grace as I could muster, but within me now is a great desire to reflect. There is a longing for those old familiar routines, the simplicity of childhood, the comfort that comes flooding back to memory with the smells and tastes of those old church staples. With them are all the things that shaped me into who I am today, the lessons I was patiently taught in Sunday school, the friends who have come and gone as people do, spending a season in my life and then leaving their own mark along the way, those rare people who have earned a title far greater than just a friend, who have remained in my life and become a cornerstone to my own identity, the boys I loved, the parents and their stories, their encouragement, and the discipline that they practiced to instill character. The adventures I set out to have, the dreams I hope to accomplish, and all the little hopes that fill a young girl's heart as she grows into a woman. These are all the things that come to the forefront of my mind. These are the things that keep me grounded in the traditions I was brought up on. These are the things that bring me to that place of joy and longing. These are what bring me home. And what brings you home? We want to hear from you. Radio at southernsistershome.com. Have a great week. Bye-bye.